All right, welcome to Watchtower. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. And this is technically our second episode, but we're calling it episode one because it's the first movie or the first episode where we're watching a movie and the, talking about it. The last episode was the prologue. Yeah, it was the prologue. So <laughs> now that we've like laid out what we're going to do, um, we're ready to roll. So uh, Seth, why don't, why don't we talk about what movie we're talking about today? Okay, we're going to start with Superman the movie. As we mentioned last time, we thought this was a good start because it kind of created the whole genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what we're going to start with. Sorry. That, was, <laughs> that sounded dumb. Anyway, a uh, little background on the movie. This was one of the first feature-length superhero movies. Mm-hmm. By my estimation, it's really the second. The only one that predates it is uh, the 1966 Batman. Right. I could be wrong on that. Maybe there's some that I just don't know about. But as far as I'm concerned, this is... This is really where we begin. Mm-hmm. So it came out in 1978. Right. It was a year after Star Wars. There was something in the air in the late 70s. People wanted, like, uh, these high fantasy, yeah. like, high-spirited movies. Right, yeah. Um, Star Wars really kind of set it off, but this movie only came out a year later. So they were really they were really being made at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Close yeah. Encounters came out at the same time. Same kind of deal, very fantasy, sci-fi, uh, spectacle kind of deal. And this movie, it... Just as much as Star Wars, to me, it like really encapsulates that whole, that whole era, that whole idea. For sure. Um, anyway, it was directed by Richard Donner, who had done The Omen, mm-hmm. and he would go on to do Lethal Weapon. Right. Uh, good director. He did The Goonies as well, actually. Yeah, we were just uh, talking about that. Right. Really solid director. Um, I think he can be credited with a lot of like why this movie works. I think he took the character seriously. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can get into all that, but that's a little background, uh, the time it came out, a little uh, context. Right, and uh, it was really well-received. Um, we were just looking at some reviews, um, and has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, which obviously it's held up, um, and an 86% audience score, so everyone really liked it. Uh, and as a brief sidebar, uh, for the first few episodes, we won't have any guest reviews uh because we've had some production schedule issues but uh we'll talk we'll talk about you know reviews each week with Rotten Tomatoes and with uh just what people thought about it because I think it's important to take into account if your opinion jives with the the population sure you know the majority of people so um and we can see with with older movies we can see like how it was received at the time right yeah which this one was warmly received like it was right. really successful right uh, oh, one other bit of interesting history. The way they shot this movie uh, was really strange at the time. They shot this and Superman 2 at the same time. Hmm, okay. Which seems more normal today. Right. Because, uh, you know, after, like, Lord of the Rings, they, they do that all the time yeah. these days. But it was pretty strange then. Um, and that came and they ran into problems with that when they got to Superman 2 because they started, like, uh, Richard Donner left as the director on Superman 2, and there, that led to some, like, inconsistencies with the two movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it was pretty interesting for the time. Um, it le- it leads to, and this can sort of lead into our impressions, there's a weird thing about that uh, shooting process. Yeah. Like, the beginning of the movie where it shows Zod and uh, crew yeah. trapped in the Phantom Zone. Right. Like, that is not brought up until Superman 2. Right, So it's yeah. sort of a weird... Narrative yeah, it thread. did kind of just disappear. Right, yeah. it goes nowhere because that's because they did plan this to be, right. you know. Uh, but it's I thought that I think that's interesting because today in like the Marvel world, 
I think we wouldn't bat an eye at that. We'd be right. like, okay, we'll see that in the next movie. Yeah, but you, it, you knew there. You always know there's stuff coming up. Right. You you never see a movie nowadays, and you're like, oh well, I guess that's all we're getting to that. Right. Um, right. So. That's interesting to think about, though, them not knowing if there would be another one or if it would be successful, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I was sort of wondering, would an audience today, like, swallow that more easily? I think so. Probably. I definitely. Because, like, you know, I just rewatched it yesterday, um, and I didn't even, like, <laughs> pick up on the fact that it kind of disappeared until right. you brought it up just now. So... It's a cool sequence, though. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what are your general impressions of this movie? Well, I uh, I hadn't seen it for, like, a long time. Um, it probably been since I was, like, 12, honestly, which is a long time for me to not have seen a superhero movie. So I rewatched it yesterday, um, and I really liked it. I, I really liked... It never felt overly cheesy to me which I was worried about there were some like relatively cheesy parts sure but um I thought that it it had a lot of heart which was what I liked about it I kind of went into it expecting like oh is it is it gonna fall flat on me or you know am I gonna connect with it well and it just I felt like it had a lot of heart I felt like I connected with Superman as a character which when we get to Man of Steel later I'll talk about problems <laughs> with that but uh no uh, and I think Overall, I think it's a really, really solid superhero film. Um, and you have probably seen it way more than I have. I've seen have it you? tons of times. Yeah. I watched this a lot growing yeah. up. I remember watching it on TV. Um, just a <laughs> side note. There's like, there's something about watching TV, just surfing channels and mm-hmm. finding a movie you've never seen and just yeah. like catching it in the middle. I think I did that with this movie. Mm-hmm. It took like several viewings to see the whole movie because I would always catch it like halfway through. Right, yeah. I really miss that. And I, I don't really miss TV that much, but I miss that about it. There was something yeah. cool about it. Anyway, um, yeah, I love this movie. I'm probably just going to gush the whole time. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, it had been a few years since I'd seen it as well. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it holds up incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And even though like you're absolutely right that it has a different for lack of a better word, it is cheesier than our mar- our modern right. conception of the superhero. Yeah. I love that, though. Like, yeah. And we'll get into this when we get into, like, the criteria. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that's what the story is about, is it's about this, like, humble, old-school guy yeah. in this sort of, I don't know, not corrupt world. You know what I mean, though. Well, and I think that was refreshing because, yeah. uh, like, a lot of our modern heroes are leaning more toward that, like, vigilante, like, right. they are not totally yeah, anti-hero, good or really. bad. Yeah, almost. Um, and and so, that was the thing about the 70s. Like, the early 70s, there's so many anti-heroes, mm-hmm. like Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then we have just Superman. Yeah. Who's not an anti-hero at A all. A shining beacon <laughs> of morality and right. goodness. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, should we start? Looking at our criteria and probably fall away from it quickly, but that's okay. Yeah, we can get started Um, on it. Yeah, so as a reminder, our three criteria are, do the hero and villain have arcs that complement one another? Is the film a spectacle? And is the movie about morality or does it portray morality well? Um, So where do you want to start there? Uh, We'll start with hero's arc because we can get into like story structure and all that. Yeah. so I would say this is actually the weakest of the three as far as this movie's concerned. Okay. There certainly is a hero's arc, and the villain certainly does mirror the hero, mm. but it's not that explicit. 
And I think um, what I mentioned earlier about them, I think what they did was they shot both movies at once and then they were like, okay, we have to make the first one a movie. And I think the ending for this movie was sort of concocted out of nowhere where he's uh, chasing the missiles. Yeah. And I think the the original ending was meant to be him fighting Zod, which is why that's in the beginning of this one. Anyway, my point is, I think the story structure is a little weird. Mm, I agree with that. And I think uh, his arc, while there, is not as explicit as it could have been. I would agree. I think when I was watching it, um, I thought that the exposition was very weirdly uh, paced, I guess. Yeah. There's sort of a, Um, a lot at the beginning. Yeah. And then there's just like an hour chunk where you're like, not much has really been happening here. Right. And then it like picks up again. But I was never bored. Um, and I thought something else that was interesting, which like, I think part of it's just because it's Superman, but we're so used to these origin stories nowadays being like, oh, this is how they got the suit and this is how they became <laughs> right. the hero and all this stuff. But with, with Superman, he just kind of like became that. And right. I, I didn't mind it, you know. It, yeah. I, thought it, I thought it very much worked for this film and for Superman as a character because he's just always been that hero. You don't really need to explain right. him. I like, I, I really like that. There was <clears throat> the tone of this movie I call, I would refer to as magical realism. Okay. I mean, it's, it is an adventure movie. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's got some sci-fi elements, but like magical realism is, this is a, 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 how did this get made term? I haven't heard it anywhere else, <laughs> but I think it's the perfect term for this kind of idea mm-hmm. or this aesthetic really. Yeah. Movies like Big or like Freaky Friday that take place within the real world, obviously, but then have this like one fantastical element to right. it. And it, it keeps it kind of, uh, I don't know, it keeps it sort of grounded, but then sort of light and entertaining at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I can see that. Um, anyway, and I think this movie really goes into that because even though Superman historically is like a sci-fi character, mm-hmm. like he's literally the reverse of John Carter, who was a, a human who went to Mars and then had superhuman, superhuman abilities. Yeah. Uh, Superman, they reversed that and they were like the alien comes to Earth. Anyway, so he's a very sci-fi character in origin, but this movie isn't really that sci-fi. Yeah, like it's, it's really more, not. It's kind of more fantasy. Especially with the structuring of, like, the villain and, um, you know, Lex Luthor is his enemy. And with the the way everything functions, we're, we're on Earth the whole time. But then, you know, he's flying and then he goes into right. space at the end. And so I think it, yeah, I think it was a good way, especially trying to think back as someone who would have been watching this in the 70s, to not overwhelm you with extravagance and with, you know, this otherworldly stuff and kind of keep it, you know, close to home. For sure. And uh, you, you just made me think of that when you mentioned the suit. Like, the suit is just there. It's not explained. Yeah. Um, and then at one point, he's, what is it? He jumps out of a building and he's Clark Kent, and then suddenly the suit just appears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that part. <laughs> that would never happen today. And yeah. then, they just, they didn't. They were like, whatever. Yeah. The audience will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but say more about, you mentioned Lex Luthor. How do you think he works into the Clark's and Superman's character arc? Hmm. Yeah. So I think on the surface, it's very much clear that Lex Luthor is like this selfish, like money grabbing, like I want to rule the world kind of character. But to me, it was never hit over the head with that, which I liked, you know. Like, he was a believable, you know, 
I don't know even what I would call him, uh, <laughs> but he, I believed him and I, I believed what he was going for. Um, and I think like, especially for the first movie of Superman, I think it was really important to establish like Clark is, is good and like wholesome and he wants to protect humanity. And then here's this character that is the opposite of that, right. you know? And I think, while a little simplistic, I found it, I think it perfectly portrays what Superman is. And so yeah. I think that basis is really important. Um, especially just, like, some of it was a little, like, when they were talking about, like, California, like, changing it into, like, you know, oh, this, yeah. like, Luther-topia. So the, like, the movie's really funny. Yeah, no, <laughs> it is. Um, uh, Lex and uh, Otis, uh, Gene Hackman and uh, Ned Beatty, yeah. like, they're so funny together. Yeah. Yeah. O- Otisburg. <laughs> um, um, it is simple. I think the character arc for both Superman and Lex Luthor is simple, but mm-hmm. like you said, it's like super solid. Right. They, they get it right. Yeah. Like I definitely understood the development of it throughout the film and I, I understood what they were trying to say about Superman's character and I don't think you needed more. Um, I think today we need more than that just because probably. Like, we that's what superheroes are they're supposed to be these good wholesome characters that believe in like doing the best for humanity but i think superheroes had not been established in a film sense at least yet and so i think it's important that they kind of got to the core of like what what it's all about sure yeah i agree with that um i guess before we move on to the next point of criteria mm-hmm. i want to ask you just as a, a from a storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. Superman slash Clark Kent's arc, like, what what is his character arc in this movie? That is a good question. Because um, I think it's there. I think it is. I th- uh, well, I definitely think it's there. Well, I definitely see think we see um, his kind of... It's brief, but his reluctance to kind of get into this larger world. Because um, we see him as, like, the good old boy with his parents, yeah. you know, and then... Um, you know, when he goes up north and um, he encounters that very expositional lecture, <laughs> um, I think that, that part was a little, little, I was uh, like, really? I love it. <laughs> I, no, it's great. It's just it's a little like, here's everything. Here's I'm going to tell you right now. Um, but no, I think because we have that moment where he he gets thrown into choosing between, you know, destiny or whatever. And it's not it's not like super huge where he spends the whole movie being like, oh, is this what I should right. be doing? It's not angsty at all. Right. It's not angsty, but like... It's just, oh, he makes a choice. Yeah, and you get a sense of that, and I think that's all we needed, and then you finally get to see him become Superman, which is what you had been waiting right. for, so I think we didn't need to wait for that. I think uh, it did that well, and um, I'm not... The stuff with Lois Lane, I do want to talk about that, <laughs> okay, just because, sure. like, I was a little... I was trying to figure out exactly what was going through Clark's head the whole movie, and I think I struggled to, but... It's, no. a, it's a bit of a weird... I think that that's one of the things that hasn't aged terribly well about the movie, mm. is uh, the portrayal of Lois Lane. Right. In some ways, I think Margot Kidder's... Well, I think she's great in the movie. Yeah. Like she's really funny. No, I think she and is, And yeah. they've got good chemistry. Yeah. But then, like, aspects of her character are sort of... The, th- I don't, the thought monologue with their flag. And oh, well, that was... The poetry. That is the low point of the movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. sure. Uh, 
when Lois Lane is is <laughs> reciting poetry. It's it's dumb. Yeah. I would cut it out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think about her character? Like, I don't know. Do you think she's too like simplistic of a of a female character by today's standards? Because she's kind of like. I don't know. She just sort of ignores Clark and then she swoons over Superman. Is that, what do you think about that with like a modern perspective? Um, with a modern perspective, I, I do think it's a little, it's a little black and white, I guess her behavior. Um, and it's interesting because like, I really loved like when they get cornered in the alley and then, you know, she's the one who like fights back against the, right, the robber right. dude. I like and, that too. Yeah. And I, you know, Superman is, is suave and amazing, and that's why she <laughs> falls for him. And Clark is very awkward. And I think in today's standards, we go with this, like, oh, but he's so cute in his awkwardness. Why aren't you falling for him? Mm-hmm. But I think, like, back then, it was a little different. And um, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because, like, you know, getting a little sidetracked here, but Spider-Man, like... Um, he's become, like, the adorably awkward rather than just being awkward. Right. And that's kind of a modern trend, I think, with, like, the nerdy boy being, like, cute and, like, you know, oh, like, we should love him, like, you know. And so, uh, I So think, the modern Superman needs to be, like, a beta male. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, that would be... But, I'd like to see that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think... I, I really, for the most part, liked her character. I didn't like the thought monologue that we just talked about the poetry um and I but I did you know I liked the way she treated Clark I I didn't mind the the stark difference between how she felt about them because they are Clark and Superman are very uh-huh. different and they needed to show that they needed to make it believable that she couldn't tell that right. it's him you know um so and I think a lot of that comes from the whole first movie of future movies aspect where um she doesn't find out who he is at the end. Sure. You know, so it's it's interesting, and I'm excited to watch the next ones and see how that develops. So. Cool. Um, to sort of wrap up this criteria, the hero's arc, uh, mm-hmm. I think Lois Lane... We're probably going to go over. Okay, that's fine. I think <laughs> Lois Lane really is his arc in okay. a lot of ways. Yeah. Because um, the whole movie, for to me, the whole movie is about him sort of becoming comfortable with who he is. Right, Because yeah. he's, like, hiding this thing. Right. And uh, to me, Clark Kent isn't really the secret identity. It's not really the mask that he puts on. Right. Like, there's that speech in Kill Bill where uh, he says, like, Quentin Tarantino is saying, like, Superman is the real character, Clark Kent is the mask. Yeah. I never really bought that. That didn't... I don't like that. I mm-hmm. think they're just two aspects of the same person. Yeah. Like, Clark Kent is when he's nervous and he, feel like he feels like he has to hide something. Right. Uh, which is still, like, very real, though. Anyway, but the the arc with Lois, and at the end when he decides to uh, time travel. Right. <laughs> which we'll get into that when yeah. we talk about the spectacle of the movie. But I feel like that is him making the choice, like, I'm choosing to be a human. I'm choosing yeah. to influence the world because of this woman who I've fallen in love with. Right. And it's, like, I don't know. It's him really deciding, like, I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah. To me, that is the arc of the movie. Yeah. I like that a lot. I would agree with that. Cool. Um, yeah, do we want to talk about Spectacle then? Sure. Okay, I um, guess we could start there, like, with yeah. the... Yeah, t- <laughs> well, because that was the thing, is 
it made me really realize how ambiguous his powers are. Yeah. You know, like... It's whatever you need him to be. Yeah, like, <laughs> does he need to fly? Does he need to be super strong? Does he need to see through things? Or, you know, make time go backwards by reversing the rotation of the Which, Earth? just uh, for the benefit of our listeners, isn't scientifically accurate. Correct. <laughs> that would not... Yeah. So don't try that at yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't think... Uh, that would work out well, but uh, <laughs> for Superman, you know, he could do anything. So, <laughs> um, uh, one funny note about that is like, so Lois dies. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Superman gets really mad. And I love his performance there. Oh, we got to talk about Chris Reeve in detail because yeah. he's just great. Anyway, yeah. Superman gets really mad yeah. and he flies into space and he he zooms around the Earth and it, it looks it's a really neat looking effect. No, it is. Like, yeah. It's like a wide shot of the earth and he's spinning around it. Yeah. And uh, there's every, all the, the lines. Yeah, yeah. Every time he passes around it, it leaves a line. It looks really cool. It's got mm-hmm. like this after image sort of thing. Anyway, so he turns back in time and it shows like um, reverse footage of all the things, of all like the disasters that had just happened. Yeah, like the earthquake the ro- and the buildings. Right. But the funny thing is like, so before he finds Lois dead, he was, yeah. he stopped a dam and he like saved a town. Yeah. <laughs> But then he reverses time, and instead of like stopping the uh, the falling rocks and the dam breaking, he goes and saves Lois. And then it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> what happened to that? What I happened totally to that didn't town? Catch that? That's awful. <laughs> they weren't good enough. I guess. No, I guess not. Love was stronger. <laughs> he made a choice. That was a real choice. <laughs> There's the character arc. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, I think what I really liked about the movie. Once again, this is going back into, like, the grounding in reality with, like, Lex Luthor being, you know, a more realistic villain than others that we'll see in the future. Um, But there was a lot of spectacle, but it all felt very real and realistic. Like you said, like, yes, he's flying around, but we're still, like, with real people in the real world and we're on Earth. And um, I liked that. I like when... It's a little cheesy, but I like when the kid, when he's a little kid in the beginning and he catches the car and he's, like, holding it up. and Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like... I love the beginning of this movie so much. Yeah, like, me too. I love how long it is, <laughs> and I love how it spends time with him being a kid. Yeah. Because it's... Well, we'll get into this when we get into the morality, but I just... I love that it spends time in the 50s, because mm-hmm. that's that's just so cool. I love the idea that Superman came from this, like, post-war period. Right, And yeah. uh But anyway, as you were saying, like, we get to see... This little baby Superman. Oh, and we have to mention this. So we see baby <laughs> Superman's penis. <laughs> and like, okay, that's fine. Uh, he was naked when he came to Earth. But yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, in Man of Steel, they do this too. Right, They yeah. show the naked baby penis. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a tradition now, you know. I don't know. Maybe you can read something into that about Superman being, like, masculine. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a recurring thing in Superman movies. Uh, but anyway, I love... As the when when he's a kid, seeing him chase the train, mm-hmm. just there's a really simple shot where he like kicks the football and it never comes down. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. Um, let's see what other. Oh, I do want to mention this about the spectacle. Uh, this is something that's really different from modern superhero movies, and I mm-hmm. like it a lot. He doesn't fight anyone in this movie. Yeah. It's not about defeating the enemy. I mean, yeah. he defeats Lex Luthor. Right. But um, every superhero movie today, virtually every single one. It's about a hero fighting a villain right. physically, right? which is cool. I love that stuff. But what I love about this movie is, to me, it says that's not the only kind of heroism. Yeah, I like that. Because he, he goes and he, you know, he stops a flood. 
Mm -hmm. He, uh, what else does he do? He like catches people who are falling. Yeah. Um, all kinds of things. He he never actually physically fights anybody. And I think that's really cool. I would, that's something I would like for modern superhero movies to do more of. Right. Cause I think we've seen that a little bit, you know, like in the Avengers, like Hawkeye's like getting the kids out of this bus and like, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like, uh, they always reserve those moments for like the regular people. And I think it's like, yeah, but like heroes like do it all, you know, they, Mm -hmm. They fight the villain. They might fight them by hand or with powers or whatever. But they also, like, that's what Superman has always been is, like, when I think of Superman, I think of him, like, catching Lois falling from the building. Right. Like, you know, it's it's those moments. Um, so, yeah, I really, I really like that point that he doesn't have to, like, physically fight anyone to be a hero. Right. Yeah. And it's the, the really cool thing is that it's still a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need... Absolutely. You don't need... Uh, violence and fighting to be a spectacle. And I think this movie shows that because they're, I mean, what are, what are some of your other favorite, uh, action sequences, I guess? Well, this isn't really an action sequence, but I do like how we start off in, in space. You know, we start off with that very like fantasy aspect, um, of not being on earth, which kind of sets the tone for the film. Um, I love, I really do like the helicopter scene where, you know, she's falling and it's the first time we see Superman and he saves her. It's Um, so good. And they hold off on the theme until then. Right, and yeah. The music, oh, the they, music's incredible. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that. The music is incredible. It is. Well, we're going to talk about it right now real okay. quick. Because <laughs> speaking of the intro, um, when I was watching the opening credits, you know, I it had been forever since I saw this movie, and just the theme came up, and I was like, that theme is, like, written <laughs> on my heart. Like, I knew yeah. it, and I knew every bar and every note, even though it's been a while since right. I saw the movie. And I think that just shows... We'll get into talking... As we go on with this this podcast about what that superhero theme does, because I think it does so much for for your connection to a character and a franchise right. and everything. That's something I want superhero movies to return to that to having mm-hmm. a theme, a musical theme or well, motif. That's the thing is that like um, getting off track here, viewers. Sorry, um, but uh, you know, like I'll walk out of Thor or you know. Captain America, and I'll be like, what? There's no, there wasn't a theme that just, like, captured yeah. me. That's what I did, like, about Wonder Woman. I heard a lot of people talking about her theme, yeah. and I loved how the theme was used in the movie. She did have a theme. Um, so I think, I yeah, but I do hope that we return to that because, you know, with Superman, every time that theme plays, you, you know mm-hmm. that he's about to do something heroic, and you know that you're about to see something amazing, and you, you feel that connection it's like it's like a cue you know it's right, like right. here we go um which it's I uh, love. it's returning little music history <laughs> i guess we can go into this because this, <laughs> this all speaks to it yeah uh so superman and star wars and close encounters well they mm-hmm. were all scored by john williams mm-hmm. um anyway he was returning to like the romantic period of music okay. which was very driven by uh the the leitmotif which is like this themes for this character this themes for this character mm-hmm. um and modern superhero movies have kind of gotten away from that. Kind of, I think yeah. the Warner Brothers movies do it more. Like, think of, like, Man of Steel. There is a Superman theme. Right. Um, with, uh, gosh, what is it? Batman v Superman. Batman has a theme. Superman has a theme. Wonder Woman has a theme. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, it's not like a fanfare right. like this. And I, I wouldn't really call it, I don't know, it's not really doing what the romantic period did. Right. And then Marvel just doesn't do it at all. I, right. think, I think they just do, like, they just score what's on the screen, you know what right. I mean? Right, and they have some, like, they have a lot of instances of, like, oh, like, ACDC, that's Iron Man, so we're going to oh, yeah, use it right. as 
diegetic music to make you feel right. closer. But yeah, good, they don't. Good vocabulary. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Tell me, dude. Oh, no. uh, but yeah, no, you're right. Like, especially thinking about the Avengers, like, there are no themes for characters. Like, it's really just the Avengers theme, which I think is the most iconic theme that Marvel's come out with. But even that, like, if I walked up to someone on the street and I was like, what's the Avengers theme? They'd be like, uh, you know. <laughs> right. Um, I'm so, I rem- sort of remembered. I, c- I don't think I could hum it right now, though. Yeah, well, it's it's my alarm clock in the morning, so I could probably oh, okay. do it. But, cool. you know, most people, you're right, probably don't know it. So, no. And I think that is part of the spectacle. I think part of the spectacle is moving you with this music and using it at these points in the story to really just, like, bring you to this heightened sense of right. what's happening. Right. I think um, it's really important. Um, and I... Now I'm, like, wondering if that's what modern superhero films are lacking and if it's really affecting the genre. I don't know. I I think it can only help, honestly. Honestly, yeah, I agree. Because, like, everybody loves The Dark Knight. Everybody loves Christopher, Christopher Nolan. But I think he sort of set off the modern era of superhero movies, mm-hmm. saying which is really sort of peeling back that romantic right. element, right. Uh, which was great. I mean, those are great movies. But right. maybe it's time to reinsert some of that like wide-eyed yeah uh, i don't know just simple optimism and romanticism i agree i i really like that i really would be interested to see a return to that even if you're you're not changing the genre but just having letting those moments play out with like a big musical theme that everyone's going to recognize or having those moments where it's coming up and they say look he's about to do something incredible and then he does like it's part of what you know, right. it makes it so. Amazing. I just remember Doctor Strange had really good music. It did. It was. It did. But there are no themes that you're like. Well, I recognize that theme as I the think, Doctor Strange. Well, theme. I would agree with that, but I th- it, there was it did have recurring themes, right. but yeah, I I couldn't hum them right now. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so maybe is that it for spectacle? Anything? I think we should move on, even if we're not done with spectacle. Okay, um, that's fair enough. For now, fair enough. so this is probably I think the most important question, at least when I'm concerned, is is the movie about morality and does it handle it well and i think the answer is obviously yes yeah. um i think that superman more than any other hero that i can think of is very morally good i mean he's <laughs> it's because a he's an alien he's not from earth but i think it was interesting because in in superman the movie when i was watching it yesterday um he has some kind of line where he was like, I stand for, like, justice and truth and the American way. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That's, okay, so I forgot about that. I'm really glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, Superman Returns, uh, the Brian Singer movie, mm-hmm. there's a line where he says, I think Franklin Gallo, who plays Perry White, the, uh, you know, the boss of uh, Daily Planet, mm-hmm. he says, does he still stand for truth, justice, and all that other stuff? So he leaves out the American way. Right. And, and I mean, to me, this, like, one line means, is there a better example of how superhero movies have changed? Right. And how the whole genre has changed? Right. And, uh, yeah, like, what, is that corny to our modern ears? Or what do you think? When I heard it, it very much rang as, like, this is what superheroes were originally created to be, is this protector of our beliefs a protector of like our way of life and I think nowadays we get like offended when people mention like oh the American dream you Mm -hmm. know just because like there's so many it's so 
uniform the American dream is, this idea it's so, like, if you branch outside of something, you're suddenly not following the American way, or that's how people feel about it nowadays. Mm-hmm. There's sure. a big controversy with it. Yeah. But I, I re- it's a really romantic idea, and I love it. I love that, like, superheroes originated with this idea of, like, we need to stand for what we believe in. We need to be who we are. They that's, come They come from America. They do. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, that's, it's, that's a fact. It's an American, <laughs> yeah, invention. And so I, I really loved that line because I, this alien from space. The ultimate immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> is, was, yeah, he was raised by Americans. Um, and not, not just any Americans. Like the, <laughs> this is what I was sort of getting into earlier. Yeah. He was raised in the post-war, like, idyllic time. Right, Like, yeah. the 1950s by just average blue-collar people. They were farmers, like, agrarian. Like, it's just, it's so American. Right. It could not be more American. I just love that, like, an alien from outer space, like, sure, it's invented to be this way, but I just love the idea that this alien from outer space thinks that we're worth fighting for. Right. I love that. I <clears throat> there, love that idea. There are a lot of religious overtones with Superman. Yeah. There's the Christ aspect, which right. you just sort of uh, got at, that he's like a savior, but then mm-hmm. he's like very, um, he's human and he's like, uh, what's the word? Divine at the same time. Yeah. But then there's also like the Moses part of the character mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, uh, like literally he's a baby in a basket and he yeah. travels to, yeah. you know, across space. And I I think the morality in Superman comes from basically Judeo-Christian values. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, which, you know, depending on who you ask, like, that's also inextricable from American values. Yeah. And uh, so truth, justice, and the American way, like, I was... I was happy to hear those words again. Yeah. Like, really, I was. Yeah. And I would absolutely love for the modern Superman to maybe re-embrace that. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it would be corny at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. So what do you think about... Do you think that Superman's morality reads as, like, nowadays from a modern perspective, do you think that it reads cheesily idyllic or... Cheesily, do you think it reads too black and white? Too like, well, I don't know. I'm curious. Not, not really. Uh, honestly, the simplicity was refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we're we're living in a time that was like the '70s, where we're like sick of antiheroes. Maybe, maybe it's just me. I, I really thought it was refreshing. I was like, it's so nice just to have a simple, straightforward hero. I agree. Who isn't riddled with angst. He's not, con- he's, he doesn't have to decide what the right thing is. He knows what the right thing is mm-hmm. and he just does it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> let's see. But um, to go back to Lex Luthor for a second, mm-hmm. this is like super in the subtext, but they mention Lex's father a couple times. Yeah. They mention it more than once. So that's why I think it's sort of noteworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lex had a good childhood. <laughs> it seemed like his dad was kind of mean. Yeah. Like they said, he kicked him out when he was young. Yeah. And maybe I'm reading, maybe I'm being like doing too much textual analysis here. <laughs> but uh, I feel like the movie is saying a traditional upbringing matters. Because hmm. tra- yeah. it, the traditional, like simple, honest upbringing gave a Superman. Yeah. And then Lex Luthor, whose dad was... I mean, we don't. We never see his father on screen. Right. But he was not raised the same way as Superman. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I've never thought about that, but that's really, 
That's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely think that's that's part of it. Do you think? Uh, are you familiar with the comic Superman Red Sun? No. It's a it's a really good read. Check it out. But it's sort of this alternate alternative telling. It asks, what if Superman instead of landing in the U.S. in the fifties, he landed in the Soviet Union? Hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and it yeah it begs the question like what, how much of the American way influences this character? And uh, I won't yeah. spoil it, but it's a really good read. And, um, but I'll just ask you, like, what do you, how much do you think that influenced the character in the movie, but also just the character, like, in general, our conception of him? Oh, wow. Um, I think that, uh, I think that part of it is the religious aspect, like you said. I think that part of it is this savior that, you know, uh, is a good example of how we should behave ideally. You know, mm-hmm. no one can be as good as Superman, but he's something to to strive toward. I think that's what I've always liked about superheroes is that they present something that someone that you want to be. You know, you kind of want to be that good, that strong, that right. brave. Right. Um, and I think that is very American or even like you said, tying back to the Christian idea, because in the seventies, especially that was much more prevalent. Um, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I think just like freedom as a general aspect, uh, is very key to Superman. Um, and oh, yeah. especially, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Yeah. About freedom and Superman? Yeah. Well, um, like the I notion think, of you can do anything. Yeah. I think the theoretical notion of like, you know, like I can do anything I want to, I can be anyone I want to be. Like fly. Yeah. Like fly. <laughs> um, but also, and this is, gets into like Batman versus Superman and all that stuff, but also the idea of this hero that was doing what no one else could and they didn't really care what he was doing because he was saving people. I don't right. know how far you can go with that, but I think that's interesting. It is, yeah. um, Because we get into the plots in Spider-Man and and, and, uh, the Avengers and all these others where it's like, oh, but should we let these heroes be doing this because they're also tearing stuff up at the same time? And I I just (laughs) like seeing this hero that everyone just, like, accepted because it was refreshing to have, like, that hero that, once again, they're like, they're freaking saving your life. Like, it doesn't matter. The the government wasn't in this movie. Right, right. So, yeah. (laughs) The government wasn't trying to, like, the EPA wasn't breathing down (laughs) Superman's back. You really really can't be using your heat vision because it's (laughs) oxidizing the air or something. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, Um, Yeah, I I guess we should probably wrap up. Real quick, before we wrap up, I think you wanted to talk about Christopher Reeves. Oh, He's amazing. He's he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the the dual personality. Yeah. Like it's so good. You believe these are two different people. Yeah. It was really funny because I was watching it with subtitles on just because sometimes I do that and uh, like <laughs> when he's in Lois's apartment when he comes in as Clark right after Superman has left and he's like talking to her that he like contemplates like showing her that he's Superman. He like yeah, takes off his glasses. Yeah. It's like. It's like he dons his Clark Kent voice and like all this <laughs> stuff, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, oh yeah, he's like Lois. There's something I need to tell you, and it gets yeah. very deep for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like back to like the awkward. Like, right. No, I think he does an incredible job because I think it would be super easy, especially to a modern audience like us. It would be super easy for him to come across as like ridiculously like 
awkward to a sense of like not believing it, like just being like, "You're are you a bumbling idiot?" Like, mm. but Clark is like endearingly awkward, sure. and then when he's Superman, he's something else. But you can tell they're the same person. I never felt like I was like, you know, like oh, you're like lying to the world right now, you right? Know? So, yeah, and th- that's the. Just to go back to the Tarantino thing, I, yeah. I really hate that line in Kill Bill <laughs> Part 2. I'm like, you don't get Superman, yeah. Quentin. But because, like, I mean, yeah, look at his look at Chris Ray's performance. The Clark Kent isn't a mask. Like, he he is feeling mm-hmm. this uh, uncertainty. Like, that's right. him. That's who he is at yeah. that moment. Um, and that's, I mean, it's incredibly relatable. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right, so let's just recap real quick. We talked about the hero and villain arc. We talked about um, Clark's arc, how it's him coming into what he is and, mm-hmm. and you know, figuring out how it works and figuring out if that's what he wants to be. You know, if he wants to be this hero that, like, interferes with the goings-on of right. the world for the sake right. of saving people. I um, guess that's pretty American, too, like, destiny yeah. and, you know, anyway. Manifest destiny. Yeah, well, yeah. you're right. And then just, like, personally deciding what your own destiny and Yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah. And uh, we talked about the film is definitely a, a spectacle. Um, it's fantasy. It's him flying around. It's him doing all the stuff. It's the musical theme. Um, but it's believable and it's grounded. And I think that's what really makes it um, a good blend of, of right. everything there. The word I kept thinking of, sincere. Yeah. The movie just yeah. is very sincere. It is very sincere. It's not, it's, it's not serious. It's not yeah. dark, but it just takes the character sincerely. Yeah, it's, it's it, genuine. Right, yeah. 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 Um, and then morality, that one's obvious with Superman. We talked about how, you know, he's good and just and everything that we should strive to be as people. And um, this idea that he protects so much of what we as a culture believe in and right. how that was especially important. Um, when this movie came out, and I think still is today. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the Pantheon. The Pantheon. Well, this is number one. <laughs> this is it. It's number one. It's the top movie. We should just stop. <laughs> <laughs> we should just stop here. That's all you guys need to know is that this is the best. Um, great superhero movie and yes. just great film. I agree. Period. I agree. I think it's both a great film and a great superhero film. I think it meets all the criteria. I remember watching it and just being like, cinematography and, and the editing. It, and like, Yeah, it so, fires on all cylinders. Yeah. It really does. So with that, do you think that it will stay at number one or do you think it'll stay toward the top as we go on? I'm thinking top five. Top five? Honestly. Okay. Maybe not number one. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's so many great superhero yeah. movies out there. Yeah. Well, We'll see. I think it's going to be top five for sure. Yeah, I I definitely think that it's going to stay up there in the rankings just because it hits everything that we expect a right. superhero movie to hit. So. And it's, of course, it created the genre for my money. I think right. you would agree. Yeah. And the the interesting thing is, like, there are some deviations from the genre that we talked about, like a little a loss of romanticism. But really, mm-hmm. I mean, the genre hasn't changed that much. Right. It's about the hero's journey. It's about the hero, like, going through, like, a Mm self-realization or whatever, that hasn't changed at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The hero going through trials. Right. So, yeah, uh, I don't really see it falling down the ranking that much. No, me neither. Awesome. So that was our first episode. We hope you enjoyed. Um, I won't pitch you the email for reviews again yet because we'll be kind of awkward for the first few weeks getting our schedule figured out. But uh, 
next week we are watching Iron Man, so we're jumping to a much more modern film there. Okay. And uh, I think Iron Man will be interesting because it started the universe superhero genre the idea of like because they've done like trilogies like x-men and stuff like that but like this started the idea of like all these different moving parts to come together into one thing that has created what marvel is and what dc is trying to be so um, the era we're currently in yeah is the iron man era yeah so i think that's really cool that we started with superman that kind of kicked off superhero films and then we're moving to iron man which jump-started us into the modern era. We're pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) look at us go. Uh, So we'll see you next week um, on our next episode of Watchtower. Excelsior.